one of the most underrated films of all time is The Fugitive. Have you guys seen it? I, I confuse it with Enemy of the State. Exactly. That's <laughs> the problem. Air Force One, Enemy of the State. RJ, have you seen it? Um, have I seen it? I love him running through the tunnel. Mm-hmm. And then he's at the end of the tunnel. He runs into Tommy Lee Jones. And he jumps off, doesn't he? Yeah. And lands and in like the river says, below. Harrison Ford says to Tommy Lee Jones, I didn't kill my wife. And then Tommy Lee Jones says, RJ... But you don't, I don't remember. You don't remember. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. You're listening to Shortcuts. We watched it so you don't have to. And now, here are your hosts, Claire and Chris. So today, we are going to talk about underrated movies. But before we do that, we have a super special, fantastic, brilliant guest with us today. We have... RJ. Say hello to the people, RJ. Hey, what's up, everybody? Claire, Chris, Spotify, millions of <laughs> listeners. Thank you for having me today. Yeah, that's right. That is right. Thank you for being here. Absolutely. Yeah. They told me we we're going to try to compete against the Joe Rogan podcast. So, <laughs> ready? I don't see an issue with that at all. I think that's exactly what we're doing. <laughs> I am going to be talking today about the movie Executive Decision. It's phenomenal. RJ, what are you talking about today? Today, I'll be talking about Wes Anderson's second movie from 1998, Rushmore. That's awesome because I honestly have never heard of that movie, not even once. Chris, what movie are you talking about today? I am talking about the fantastic film, Swiss Army Man. Which I've heard is the weirdest movie in the history of the world. It has a substantial amount of farting in it. Harry (laughs) Potter farts a lot in it. Okay, that's that's good to know. I heard he's just so rich that he, he just does whatever he wants now, so he makes all these weird movies. This is a prime example of that, if that is true. <laughs> <laughs> so let's let's jump right into that. I heard Daniel Radcliffe on a podcast. He said, Swiss Army Man, the first fart makes you laugh, and the last fart makes you cry. Wow. That's beautiful. And it's true. It is true. This movie opens it opens up with Paul Dano, He's that uh, that great actor um, in that movie where they're like, I'll drink your milkshake. There will be blood. Yeah, there will be blood. It's his milkshake. That's Paul Dano, right? He's this regular shy dude, and we see him standing on the shore of an island, and he's about to hang himself. What? Right from the jump? Right from the jump, opening shot. And right before he hangs himself, a body washes up on the shore. And it's Harry Potter wearing a suit, a dead body, Harry Potter. And the body starts farting a lot. You start seeing it excessively fart, start vibrating and like the water sputtering. And Paul Dano comes over there curious and gets an idea. He mounts Harry Potter like a jet ski. The music swells as he pulls down Harry Potter's pants, releasing the farts. And he rides him like a fart jet ski across the screen. And a big title comes up, Swiss Army Man. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Did you make that up? I wish I had. Oh, my God. Okay, all right. So this is really happening. This is a movie. I look forward to the rest. Continue. So they get to the mainland, and he starts carrying him around. He starts carrying Harry Potter around, and he realizes that when he squeezes him, Harry Potter can talk. So the dead body starts talking to him, finds out Harry Potter has amnesia, and he slowly teaches him to become human again. Harry Potter is like, what's that? Oh, that's, that's food. What's, what's that? That's a magazine, and that's a city, and these are people. 
and then he finds a porno magazine and there's a really weird scene where Harry Potter has a boner and it starts moving around wildly in a close-up angle. <laughs> I knew boners did that. Everyone said that they didn't, but I knew that they just jumped and move around like those little balloon animal guys that the, they move, they sway back and forth, you know, like at a car sale. Yeah, I knew they did that. Everyone said they didn't, but I knew it. Exactly. They're all wacky, waving, inflatable, flailing arm, flailing yes. tube bin. Yes. <laughs> so he discovers that the boner can be used as a compass to get where he needs to go. And he starts discovering different things about the dead body. Like if he pulls his arm, he can karate chop wood. If he pulls his face, he can make sparks to make fire. He's a Swiss army man. I, oh, I, I uh, so he's dead, but he can do all this stuff. He, yes. He's dead, but he can talk and he can chop and he can fart and he can make fire. So he's like a, a dead Alive Dragon Boy. Yeah, yeah, that would that'd be a good alternate title for the movie. Okay. At this point, he's trying to teach him what love is, and he goes, let me make something for you. So they build this wooden bus together to recreate a scene where he met a girl on a bus, and it actually looks kind of fun. They put, you know, plants and trash together to make a, a bus, and he shows him a photo on his phone background of a woman on a bus, and he says... This is a woman I fell in love with. I saw her on the bus, but I didn't have the guts to walk up and talk to her. And they kind of recreate the scene and he tries to talk to him playing the girl. It's a really funny little scene. So he he's revitalizing his love for her with Harry Potter's boner. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. When you put it that way, it doesn't sound as romantic, but yeah. <laughs> well, sorry about it. So later that night, a bear attacks their camp. And he uses the farting power of Harry Potter to shoot a fart into the fire and scare away the bear. And they're running away through the night and they collapse somewhere far away. In the morning, they wake up and they're inside someone's backyard. A little girl's out there by the swing set and starts poking, poking him awake and going, what is that to the dead body? And a mother comes out, screams, and it turns out the mother is the girl that was on the phone. The woman on the bus is the mother. <gasps> and he, she's like, do you need help? What, what, what's going on? And cut to a little bit later, the ambulance is there. The cops are there. The news is there. The coroner's coming to take away Harry Potter, the dead body. And the police are looking on the guy's phone because he's pretty much catatonic, Paul Dano. And they see that the f picture on Paul Dano's phone is the woman on the bus, which is the mother right here. <gasps> it looks like he's been stalking her and just brought a dead body into her backyard in front of her daughter. So, but I mean, to give him credit, just because he had a picture of her on his phone and he ended up in her backyard with a dead body. I mean, what does that prove? Stalking? I don't think so. <laughs> I think it's a lot of uh, coincidental um, love stuff. You know, I guess I guess she should be his lawyer, but uh, I'd be pretty creeped out if someone I'd never met before brought a dead body into my backyard and had me as their phone background. You're right. <laughs> so they're like, wait a second. Where are you, Paul Dano? And Paul Dano had grabbed Harry Potter's body and ran off back into the woods. So the cops start chasing him down the hill while he's carrying this dead body with him. Right. And the cops start discovering everything they've been doing camping out there. They find the weird wooden bus they made. They find the campsites and they find the noose on the beach at the beginning where he was trying to hang himself. 
So it reveals that he's been hanging out here with this dead body, Harry Potter, the whole time in this this lady's backyard. And he's trying to ride Harry Potter away like a jet ski. And the cops pull him off of Harry Potter's body. And slowly he gives up. He makes eye contact with Harry Potter. They share a smile and a tearful goodbye. And then Harry Potter fart jet skis away as the music plays happily and Paul Dano cries smiling. The end. Oh my gosh. <laughs> this sounds insane. <laughs> oh man. Oh man, this is like this. So he was dead the whole time. Yeah. It reveals that uh, this guy almost killed himself, found his dead body, had a psychotic break, and then used the dead body to talk himself out of killing himself. Do we know why Paul Dano wanted to kill himself? I think he just felt so isolated and ashamed of, he fell so much in love with this girl he never talked to that he tracked her to, to her house and hid in her backyard. Well, he, so this lady had some beachfront property. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like the dirty, tiny beach that you get on like a lake. Hey, 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 hey. beach property is beach property, okay? <laughs> I mean, if you're in the flood zone, then we're talking about beach property. So he could have fallen for worse people, someone that didn't have beach property. That's true. He could have been uh, climbing outside of an apartment building. Would have been a different movie. That's what I, I would say that he basically hallucinated the whole thing. Yes. How would you describe it in one sentence? Oof, a psychedelic love fest. short and sweet beautiful um i would say a crazy flatulent stalker finds woman but it's too late because he has to go to jail and probably die yes all right rj tell us what your movie is First, tell us why you think it's underrated, and then get on it. I chose Rushmore. Um, I think it's underrated because I don't hear anyone talking about this movie out of all the Wes Anderson movies. I mean, you hear about Royal Tenenbaums. You hear about, you know, a few of the other ones, but you don't really hear about Rushmore too often. And I think Rushmore really uh, launched the career of, uh, what's the guy's name? Jason Schwartzman? Yeah, Jason Schwartzman. And uh, it was just a, a great movie. Bill Murray's in it. So, yeah. So Rushmore, it opens. It's on this like idyllic high school campus. Right. And you have this gentleman, Jason Schwartzman. His name is Max Fisher in the movie. And he's this ultimate go getter. He does the car patrol after school. He does. He's like the captain of the volleyball team, captain of the baseball team. He does like the beekeeper society. He's he's helping out the library. He just he's a he's a young, enthusiastic young man but that's a detriment to his grades. He has the worst grades ever. He's about to get kicked out of his favorite school, Rushmore. And he loves this school. It's a preppy school. Everywhere, everybody wears uniforms. Um, They're all from rich families, except Max. Max is not from a rich family. He was actually a poor kid. His dad's a barber. And meanwhile, all the other parents are all these rich parents. And all these kids are like too cool for school, right? It's 1998. But they're all so cool. Nobody wants to be in the beekeeper society or in the volleyball thing or in the music club. Everyone's too cool. And he's like so enthusiastic because he doesn't belong there. He's this guy who won scholarship. But um, 
he's embarrassed. He's embarrassed about his background. His dad's a barber. They're poor. So he tells everybody his dad's a, a surgeon. He's, he's a liar. He's, he's 15. He's coming into his own. He's so enthusiastic about life, but he's scared to show who he really is. So then he gets involved with Bill Murray. Bill Murray's sons are at the school uh, as students. And Bill Murray's is super wealthy. He owns like the town's like manufacturing center, just like multimillionaire. Real, he's a nice guy. He's super depressed though. He's breaking up with his wife and his sons are like the school jocks. They're twins. They're always yelling and beating each other up while he takes a liking to Max because Max is just like enthusiastic, just lovable fun to be around. Do the twins dress alike? Yeah, they do actually. <laughs> oh, I knew it. I knew it. The douchey ones always do. <laughs> One day Max um, happens by a classroom and this is like a, a school. It's like K through, you know, senior high school. So they have, he's walking by like a, a third graders classroom and he sees a teacher at the far end. He's like, who is that teacher? And she's beautiful and she's helping out with the, the kids and he comes in there and she's like feeding the fish and he's helping her. And she's a, a graduate of Harvard and she was married once her husband died. Oh, oh dang. So he, kinda, so Max, Max is helping her feed the fish or Bill Murray is? Max is. Max oh, is. Dang. He's falling in love with this woman. Mrs. Robinson. Okay. He's a smooth talker. He's like, he's falling in love with her. Uh, he sees her at the library. They share a table together and he's just smooth. Like she's writing with a pencil, her lead runs out. So he grabs it right away and like sharpens it. And she's like eating a sandwich and puts down the garbage and he grabs it off the table for her and takes care of that. And he's just, uh, he's a smooth kind of guy. But he's only 15, right? And she's he's only 15. Yeah, she's, she's not interested at all, but oh. he, captures her, he captures her attention though, because he's so enthusiastic and he pretends like he's a faker like i told you so he's like reading these poem books now you Meanwhile, you can't see this you can't see this but rj was just reading a book so that we could get i have notes here. <laughs> <laughs> but bill the way bill kind of plays into the story so max looks up to bill so max kind of looks to him as a mentor and he's like showing him around the the metal plant that he owns and uh yeah, anyway, so he gets kicked out of Rushmore for his grades. Oh, oh, snap. Yeah, he goes to a public school where everyone's real negative, right? He tries to, like, get involved in the school any way he can. So he uh, he becomes a member of the cheerleading squad, like the, the male <laughs> vocal cheerleader. And he's doing flips and stuff. And he actually wins over the school because of his enthusiasm. So they really like him. Wow. I mean, he sounds like I would like to keep him in my pocket, you know, if I get kind of negative. You just pick him up and say, Hey, you're doing great. That would, that would yeah. Be yeah, exactly. So uh, he actually reunites with Bill and the woman um, teacher at a dinner. Um, they want to see how like, you know, life is going at the public school and the woman brings a boyfriend to dinner. <gasps> yeah. oh. And so, you know, Max is in love with her and he's like a 15 year old. He can't control his emotions. So he like freaks out at dinner. And you know who her, the, the man she brings to dinner? Luke who? Wilson. Luke, Luke Wilson? Wilson? You know Luke Wilson? Here's another fun fact. Luke Wilson's brother, Owen Wilson, wrote the movie with Wes Anderson. Whoa. Wow. <laughs> and so anyway, uh, Bill Murray ends up falling for the woman too, because she's beautiful. So oh, it's man. like this lo love triangle between the, the kid the, and Bill Murray is the mentor. 
I'm going to um, Google this woman after this and see if I fall in love with her too. I probably will. Yeah. But the, the movie's about um, a 15-year-old who loves this woman, loves this school, and things kind of get taken away from him. And he gets called out for being kind of a faker and not real. So he starts to show his true identity. Um, he starts introducing his barber dad to Bill Murray and the woman. And he starts, you know, really showing who he is and living a more authentic life. And he meets a girl. He meets a girl at the public school and she follows him around because he's like, he has to be like the number one kind of doer in the school. And he's into plays and he's like a play director. So he casts the girl as like his love interest in this uh, play. And they do a play together where he's the director, but he also stars in it. And it's this like Vietnam reenactment. And it looks freaking like you're in Vietnam with like real guns and explosions and smoke. And she's the Vietnam love interest and he's covered in grease and paint. And th there was just a huge connection there between, the, between her and him. They end up falling in love. He invites Bill Murray, Bill Murray and the teacher. He the teacher. Uh, Max put them together in the audience and they sit together and they end up falling in love. Man. So it, it kind of works out in the end, but uh, it's a story. It's a love story. It's a story about people with different levels of income. It's about, you know, working hard. It's about lying. It's about discovering yourself when you're 15. It's, it's pretty good. Yeah. I think that sounds That's awesome. amazing. You did a great job. Thank you. Can you, can you give me a one, uh, one, one sentence uh, definition of the movie? Absolutely. I can. So this is going to be irresistible teacher stupidly chooses Bill Murray over Luke Wilson <laughs> while struggling child looks for their yeah. true self. That was good. I like that. <laughs> uh, one sentence. Uh, genius. Well, was he genius? Nope. Start over. Start over. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Hardworking student loses his crush to Bill Murray, but finds love in Vietnam play. I like that. <laughs> oh, man. That, those movies sounded so great. I, they're definitely underrated. You have Harry Potter farting. Can you imagine if he had that power in Harry Potter, like when he was playing Quidditch, he could just like fart all over the place and then, and then he would get this, like the snitch, no problem. He would need no broom. He would just float around on farts. That's a sweet life. I wish I could do that. Just... I just watched Harry Potter today. That was awesome. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> what was the movie that you watched, Claire? Well, let me tell you about it. I watched one of my favorite movies, Executive Decision. Most people have never heard of this movie. I never have. Exactly. It is a, a mid-90s movie. Action-packed. Like, totally action-packed. And the reason that it's underrated is there's so much action in it. It's a really good plot, actually. And the, uh, the cast is just ridiculously amazing. So, within this movie, we have Steven Seagal. We have Kurt Russell. We have Holly Berry. We have Oliver Platt. We have John Leguizamo. We have Joe Morton. This movie is star-packed, action-packed, and no one talks about it. I mean, nobody talks about it. So Wow, it's like the, uh, oh. it's like the Expendables cast. A bunch of action people there. Yes, it is so good. All right, it opens with Steven Seagal him and his team are on this mission. So on his team, you have 
John Leguizamo, you have um, John, Joe Morton, who if you don't know who that is, he's Olivia Pope's dad in Scandal. Hmm. Oh, also on his team is B.D. Wong. Ah. Love that guy. So Steven Seagal's on this mission with his team, his action-packed, star-packed team, and they're trying to confiscate this bioweapon of what could be it could cause major damage in all of the world if it is released anywhere or if they use it to combine it with a bomb, it could blow up and blow up the whole world. Basically (laughs) they infiltrate this house and they get in there. They're killing peeps. They're shooting peeps. You know, they're doing all this stuff. All these ladies are trapped. They're saving them. And then there's a guy who's strapped to a chair and they save that guy, but they didn't find anything. So they didn't find this. They didn't find the bioweapon anywhere. Steven Skull's real pissed. He doesn't know what's going on. He's like, man, we came all this way and we lost a man. One of their guys died. Thankfully, not any of the stars, which is, I think, coincidental, but not so much. Right then, you cut into Kurt Russell. He's taking flying lessons. He's like with this guy and he's he's in a plane. It's his fourth, fifth flying lesson. The guy's like, you're doing great. It's just in one of those small planes. He's like, what I forget? I don't know what I forgot. And the guy says, just shut up and fly the plane. So... He's flying the plane, does great, lands it, and then he gets to go out and fly on his own because the pilot has that much confidence in him. Was this like his first lesson? No, he's he's been taking flying lessons for months now. Okay, okay. So he's, he's getting pretty good at it. He knows, he knows lots of the stuff, but it's a really, as I said, it's a really, really small plane. Next, it's really jumpy in the beginning. It kind of hops around a lot. So if I hop around a lot, that's the movie. Keeps your attention. It's really good. Cut to this terrorist walks into this fancy, fancy yacht club, some kind of place with all these these fancy people dressed up and looking all good. And he just pops open his vest and he says something in Arabic and then he pushes a button and it blows up the whole joint. Ooh. So we're like, what the heck is going on? We what this happened, that happened, this happened. So Kurt Russell is at a fancy party now. Everything was blown up in the other scene right to Kurt Russell at this fancy party. He's in a suit. He's talking to this lady. He's like, hey, do you like hockey? She says, oh, yeah, I love hockey, this this sassy little blonde thing. Is that his pickup line, you like hockey? He <laughs> said, do you like hockey? And he pulls out, he has two hockey tickets. So, RJ, you oh. probably like him. You could go out with him if you want. I'd definitely date him. <laughs> is Kurt Russell, is he in a tuxedo right here? He's in a sexy black and white tuxedo. and He looks great. His hair looks great. I mean, he's really killing it. He looks good. The suits fits perfectly to him. And the sassy blonde has like this red dress on. She looks great too. So you think, oh, they're going to make a great couple. But too bad because he gets pulled away for this huge mission that he has to do. Says, is this really important? Do I have to do this right now? Because they're really making this connection. He goes to this meeting with all these big, big people. And they're like, something has happened. What happened was some guys that were also in that same terrorist organization, they hijacked this plane. So they're they're in the, the plane, it's a huge 747, 400 passengers. I think there, there's an elevator inside the plane. It's just really big, wow. really big plane. They totally gain control of it. They have all these, there's like six guys in there. And there's the main guy. And they say that their demands are money, obviously. They want safe passage to a country. And they want them to release their head guy, who is like the head of their terrorist organization. 
And that guy is the same bad guy from The Fugitive. He's the one-armed man from The Fugitive. Ooh, guy got a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, he's a really good bad guy. And the main terrorist guy is the bad guy from Iron Man. Ooh. This cast is ridiculous. I'm telling you, it's amazing. All of the bigwigs in this room decide that there's only one way that they can save this, and it's called Project Hail Mary. And the Hail Mary project is there's this geeky science guy, and the geeky science guy has developed this plane that can stick up onto another plane without the plane even knowing it. So you have this, this fighter jet style plane that they're going to connect to the 747 and try to like take over the plane and get all the bad guys. That's the plan. Cool. And Steven Seagal is going to head this mission, obviously, because he's like the general badass of the place. He says, hey, Kurt Russell, you should come with us because we need your intel. Because Kurt Russell is, um, he's not a fighter guy. He's a, he's a mind guy. Hmm. They go to this plane. And obviously, because it's a movie, they have no idea that there's another plane near them or, or by them or anything. So they nail it, right? So they get right under this plane in the spot where they're going to pressurize and they have to open the hatch of the big plane and open the hatch of their plane. It's, and it's going really well. And they're like, okay, this is great. This is great. So everyone's going through this little tunnel thing, getting into the bottom of the 747. They're climbing up, climbing up, climbing up. And BD Wong hits some button on accident and everything starts to unpressurize and, and things are getting crazy. And there's so much turbulence on the big plane and the little plane. Like, we don't know what to do. So the only thing that they could do was shut the hatches because the little plane was about to go. So Kurt Russell is looking down at Steven Seagal and he says, come on, come on, Colonel, come on, Colonel. And he says, no, just do it. And so Steven Seagal, like the badass that he is, shuts the, he shuts the hatch and the little plane just falls down. And Steven Seagal, you see him flying through the air. And then the, the little plane blows up and the pilot's able to get out. But Steven Seagal, man, he's a goner. He took him for the team. Oh, man. Sacrificed himself. Yeah, he did. He was, he was kind of a mean badass, but then you're like, wow, that was a really cool thing to do. So now they don't have a leader and they're down a man. They don't have all their gear. And they're like, we don't know what to do. So they have to come up with this plan. They have to find the bomb, which they think that there's the bomb is on that plane. So they have to find the bomb and they have to find this main guy. Halle Berry is a flight attendant. Halle Berry's keeping it really cool as the flight attendant of this plane. On the plane, there's a U.S. Marshal. So what she does is she gets rid of the flight manifest. She pulls it. She sneaks over, pulls it down, and throws it in the trash so that the terrorists don't know that there's a U.S. Marshal on board and they don't kill him right away because he has a gun. Eventually, they find the bomb. And Joe Morton, Daddy Pope, is the bomb guy. He got hurt when he was climbing from one plane to another before the plane flew, like exploded or whatever. Mm. They had to tie him down in a stretcher because he, he couldn't move in his neck or his vertebrae or something was compromised. Oh, that sucks. He's the bomb guy. They're, him and the nerdy guy who created the, the plane are trying to figure out how to stop this bomb. The people that are at home, so the Secretary of Defense and all the other guys, they're trying to figure out what to do because they didn't even know if the guy survived 
because they saw that the plane exploded, but they didn't know if they made it on. And they didn't have any comms because they had a gazillion cords and ropes and carabiners, but they didn't bring a radio. <laughs> They're thinking, we got to shoot down this plane because there's a bomb on the plane and we have to shoot it down. We have to sacrifice 400 lives to save millions of lives. They say, we don't know what to do. And the Secretary of Defense calls the president and he said, well, it's an executive decision now. Oh, shit. Snap. <laughs> you delivered that perfectly. <laughs> We're going to blow up this plane. That's what they decided because they have to save the people. So they get all these fighter jets. They're flying next to the plane. They're saying, you need to go down. Go down or else we're going to shoot you up. And they flip their planes so that you could see all these huge bombs that they're going to shoot at them, little torpedo thingies. The guys are freaking out at the bottom, all the U.S. guys, because they're like, they're going to blow us up. We don't know what to do. Kurt Russell's really smart. So they go in and they cut one of the wires to the back taillights of the plane, and they start doing Morse code. Oh, wow. Yeah, they're doing Morse code and telling the guy – Hail Mary, this is Project Hail Mary, and all this stuff, and which, I mean, it's a little far-fetched that, that they're having full conversations through Morse code with the plane taillights, but the whole thing is anyway. <laughs> they don't shoot. That's the main thing, is they don't shoot because they realize that the guys are on the plane. Wow, it works. It works. They gave them 10 more minutes. They're like, we can only give them 10 more minutes before we have to blow up this plane. Bunch of shooting happens, everybody's shooting each other, they're trying to, you know, get all the bad terrorist guys, and they shoot so much in the plane that a huge hole gets in the plane. A ton of people, probably at least 20 people, fly out of the plane anyway. Oh, yeah. oh my, wow. So this is not, like, you know, we already have a lot of fatalities here. We're not talking about a, you know, clean sweep by any means. The guy said the main terrorist guy that was on the plane in his last breath, he was like, well, nobody's going to fly this plane and we're all going to die. So he shoots the pilots. There's two pilots, Whoa. shoots them. But guess what? Guess who knows how to fly a plane? No. No. Yep. Kurt, Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell says, Halle Berry, come help me fly this plane. I got to land this sucker. <laughs> so it's him and Halle Berry. He's like, get the manifest. I need the manifest to figure out how to do this, how to do this, how do we do that? I don't know. What am I missing? What am I missing? He misses the first landing spot. He's like, oh, crap. I totally missed it because he, he came in too late, so he missed the landing spot. So he's like, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. He finds the place where he learned to fly a plane. That runway is also open. So he's like, I know where we are. We're going to go down there. He's trying to focus, trying to figure out what to do. He's a mess. And he's like, what am I missing? I don't know what to do. And she says, just fly the plane. <laughs> and he did. And he landed. Everyone is fine except for Steven Seagal and all those people that fell out of the plane, <laughs> the, you know, the suction and stuff. Uh, but he did it. And then Halle Berry was talking to him and was like, my name's Gene. And he's like, well, my name's Kurt. She says, who are you? He's like, I'm nobody. And then he asked her if she wants to get a coffee. And she says, yes. Oh. I mean, yeah. honestly, it, it was a great two hours. And it was action-packed. The whole time, I was just like, oh, my God, what's going to happen next? This is, this is so great. And there's sexy Halle Berry. So there's, like, sexiness, and there's action, and there's seriousness. And John Leguizamo is always throwing lines, like, I hope this plane has a good movie. 
and stuff like that. <laughs> I love John Leguizamo. He makes everything better. Yeah, he was he was dropping lines like it was, you know, CSI Miami. Okay, guys, that was a lot. A lot of action, a lot of stuff. So describe to me that movie in one sentence. Uh, Kurt Russell thwarts terrorist plan and lands a crashing plane all to get a great pickup line to take Halle Berry out for coffee. The whole, I mean, the whole thing, that's all it was leading up to, right? That's, I think that's, that's about it. That was like the, the whole point of the movie is like he finally finds a girl that he, that he uh, <laughs> really loves. I think they, they pretty much just stole it from Speed or Speed stole it from them. Oh, yeah. That's the same that way is. it ended. <laughs> Good observation. RJ, one, one sentence, hit me. Kurt Russell, tight pants, <laughs> plane explosion, Holly Berry swinging her little booty going down, <laughs> serving coffees. I can't wait to watch it. That's, those are both really great descriptions. I'm about it. I think I have one or two more underrated movies, but what about you guys? How, what are some underrated movies that you like? One of my favorite, actually my favorite Miyazaki movie is Nausicaa Valley of the Wind. This is a beautiful animated movie. It came out like in the 80s and it's got the voices of Patrick Stewart. You got Shia LaBeouf, Uma Thurman. It's a great movie. It's about this badass princess and it's a little bit timely because it's kind of post-apocalyptic. There's spores in the air, so everyone has to wear masks, but it turns out to be very inspiring. It's a, it holds up great. Wow. That sounds good. I'm going to have to watch that. You just send that to me. Underrated movies, go. I hope you agree with me on this one, but Top Gun. Classic. Listen, it doesn't get enough praise. This movie should be sung from the mountaintops. <laughs> you have Val Kilmer. You have Tom Cruise cruising around on motorcycles, leather jackets, playing volleyball with a, a white shirt and tight jeans. I mean, we're just... Sick movie, you know, a love story too. He just falls for his teacher. Um, best friend dies. Just unbelievable. Two planes flying upside down. I think it kind of goes along with the executive decision there with the planes kind of connecting. Um, it's just, it doesn't get enough praise in my book. It is a really great movie. Kelly McGillis is in that movie. I actually met her. She's very nice. Wow. She is one of the most famous lesbians in Hollywood, but she's lesbian and she had... Every year in Key West, she has a flag football tournament. So oh, cool. it's lesbian paradise there. It's kind of like Wonder Woman in that, at the beginning of that movie where they're just, there's like a bunch of like hot chicks all just on this island. It's kind of like that. So <laughs> There by the water view and everything. It matches up. It's, it really does. The first Wonder Woman, amazing. Oh, I know. That's, I mean, a lot of people loved it, but I still think it's underrated. I mean, just because it was a full... You know, was, I would want to watch some of that, some of our Wonder Woman over some of the Marvel movies for sure. Absolutely. I, I yeah. agree with you. I mean, how many Spider-Man movies do they need to make? <laughs> um, oh, my other one is Iron Giant. Have either of you guys seen Iron Giant? No. I, I have when I was a little kid. I remember loving it very much. It is one of, in my opinion, the best animated movies of all time. It is such a great story. It's basically about this this giant falls from space and this kid finds him. It has a lot of E.T. vibes. It's, so it does have a lot of E.T. vibes. It's, it's a similar in, in a couple of ways. Alien falls from the sky. Kid finds him and then they become friends. It's so, 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 so good. I cry every time. I laugh and I cry and I, oh man, I have that on DVD also. That's a great movie. 
Wow. That's that's just a solid, solid all around movie. Another movie I know that is really underrated is Cloud Atlas. Now a lot of people say it's really confusing, and that's just because they have six plot lines going on at the same time. Why would people say that that's confusing? That sounds super easy to follow. I have no idea. It makes no sense. But it's got Tom Hanks. It's got Halle Berry, you know, that we've been talking about, Halle Berry. And they all play six different characters in each of these six different plot lines. So Tom Hanks being like a mafia villain with a weird accent. And then he's playing like an old English guy back in the old times. And all the lines of plot line up at the end. And I think they pull it off. It's a fantastic, charming movie, in my opinion. And that was was that their first movie off of The Matrix? I'm not sure. It might be. It might have been. So they like were at the extreme of like popularity and success. And I remember reading about it, never saw it. And I think they took a like a critical hit. I think it just didn't perform in the theaters for whatever reason. Yeah, it totally bombed. And it had like A-list stars in it. So <laughs> they haven't made much since. RJ, tell us about your other underrated movie. Okay. So I had to go deep a little bit. I had to go to IMDb. But one of my favorite actors is Shia LaBeouf. Great actor. He did this movie a few years ago. It was called The Peanut Butter Falcon. Have you heard of this? No. What? No. It sounds amazing and I love it. Yeah, we're talking 2019 on IMDb 7.6 stars. But basically, (laughs) Shia LaBeouf befriends a mentally challenged teenager who loves wrestling. Loves wrestling so much. It's like his favorite pastime. And he wants to be a wrestler. And he does everything in his power. But, you know, he's kind of locked down at home because of his, you know, challenges and disabilities. And Shia LaBeouf meets up with him at some point um, along his journey and helps this little high schooler escape and fulfill his fantasy of, like, wrestling and getting involved in that world. So it's very uh, heartwarming. It's uplifting. There's a lot of comedy it's adventure because he's kind of on the run with this high schooler trying to get him to this wrestling camp uh so it's it's pretty cool oh man oh wow awesome and i I, we just hit some really really good underrated movies we get some action we got some loving we got some farting we got a lot of really good stuff we do want to thank our guest rj for being here Thank you for being here with us. Do you have anything that you want to plug, RJ? Oh, yeah. Oh, hey, guys. As you know, I have a digital marketing company called HBT Digital Consulting. So if anybody out there has businesses that need help with lead generation, I would love to help you with that. The website is hbtdigital.com. Thank you. hbtdigital.com. Definitely check that out. Yeah, for sure. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Claire. I know this is going to go straight to the top of the charts. Yeah, darn tootin' it is, especially (laughs) saying darn tootin'. I said tootin' because we're talking about farting so much here. I caught it. I caught it. I liked it. (laughs) (laughs) Our next episode is going to be a holiday episode. So we're going to be talking about holiday movies. I will be wearing a very nice Christmas sweater that we'll probably post on our Facebook page. I'm going to be wearing a Santa Claus shirt. Absolutely. And when we do the podcast, we will definitely describe what each other is wearing, which isn't creepy at all now that I said it. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for joining us. Follow us on Facebook and have a fantastic evening. A fantastic evening. Have yourself a merry little Christmas.